Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to episode 95 of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and in this episode, we're discussing neutral feedback in piano lessons. Welcome, lovely teachers. Today's episode was inspired by one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. It's called Hidden Brain. I'm sure many of you will know it. The host is called Shankar Vedantam, and it's run by NPR. So it's a big podcast, big budget, and very, very well polished. I love to listen to Hidden Brain because I love thinking about the way we think and the way our mind can play tricks on us, cause us to act irrationally, all that stuff is fascinating to me. This episode of Hidden Brain that inspired this podcast was about clicker training. So they start off by talking about clicker training in dog training, which is kind of a standard practice, I think, with dog trainers. So it's just a little clicker. If you imagine the kind of clicker you would use to count people on an aeroplane or on a bus, right? The little clicky yoke. That's what they're, the kind of sound that it produces. And it's just a simple way to mark when something is done correctly. Of course, with a dog at first, it's accompanied by a treat. And then eventually they learn to associate this sound with a treat and so they strive for that sound. That's the basic idea, okay? So it's just going click. The human is clicking it every time the dog does something correctly and they use it to train dogs to do all these crazy things, jumping through hula hoops, all this stuff, right? And then they tell a story of a surgeon who is using this to teach his students. So surgeons obviously have to learn a lot of different technical skills and when they arrive to this man for training when they're working in the hospital. They have to learn all these different knots under his supervision. And he started using a clicker or neutral language to mark when they're doing it correctly. So the point here is, yes, it seems a bit like treating a human like a dog. But the point behind it is that it's completely neutral. It's not about saying, oh my gosh, that was amazing. It's just, yes, it's a simple marker of that was correct, or there's no marker and you didn't get it correct. So it leaves all the judgment at the door and you just focus on getting that step of that not correct. 
So this got me thinking about piano teaching because I've actually seen this in practice with some of the best teachers that I know. They use this neutral tone for feedback. It's not praise, it's just affirming that you did it correctly and there is a difference there. It allows them to remove that judgment or validation from the equation and I believe it helps to create more internal motivation, intrinsic motivation for the students. Because yes, they're trying to get it correct, but they're not trying to do it to please the teacher. They're just trying to get it correct and the teacher is helping them identify when they are and when they aren't getting it correct. So what does this look like in practice? What does it look like to give neutral feedback? Well, I think a good example of this is the director of my choir that I'm in. So I'm in an amateur choir. It's called the Dublin County Choir. And one of our directors, we have co-musical directors, one of them is called John. And when John is teaching us, he often gives this kind of neutral feedback. He says, good, again? That's his basic phrase. And it's always with the same tone of voice. That's a key part of this neutral factor, is that it's exactly the same. Now, John is also sometimes very animated and very motivating, and that's important for an amateur choir. But when he gives this particular feedback, good, again, that I've named the podcast after, it's very simple. And it always sounds exactly the same. And he employs this, he uses this, when he's given a direction, he wants this kind of a tone, or he wants legato, he wants it to be sung in whatever way, he's giving a correction, explains it clearly, and then that section of the choir, or the whole choir, whoever's involved, performs it. And if it's correct, he simply says, good, again, good, again, just the exact same way. This allows the choir to know that they need to produce the same sound again, that they did get it right, that it doesn't need further adjustment, and that they have to do it again. And if you've ever fallen into the trap of saying one more time, I actually think it sounds so silly, but this is way better. Good and again is much better than one more time. Because one more time doesn't tell us if we got it right or wrong. And it's also a lie because it's usually not one more time, is it? We're going to say one more time again. So good and again is a lot more accurate. And if it's not good and again, if it wasn't correct, there should be a correction. You shouldn't just ask someone to try it one more time unless they absolutely know what they're looking for. Right? So that's one example. Another example I saw at NCKP the last time I was there, probably the first time I was there as well, but I noticed it the last time in 2019. They have live teaching examples at NCKP, which is fantastic. So they get students and teachers up on stage. And one particular example, the teacher, it was noted in the discussion afterwards that the teacher had just given the simple no several times. This is the opposite version, right? It's not the good and again, it's the no, that wasn't right. But it's not couched in any way. And it doesn't need to be. Students aren't as sensitive as that if we have a good rapport with them anyway. You can be neutral about it, but give a simple, no, that wasn't right. Not in that tone that I just did. Just, no. Nope. Try again. If they know what they're looking for, I think that's fine. If they don't, you need to give them further direction. 
though it depends on the situation. But sometimes all that's needed is some neutral feedback to assure them that they're on the right or the wrong path and which direction they need to go. So, what I want to encourage you to do is to think about when we should use feedback and when we should use praise. So this clicker training version, it doesn't have to be a clicker, I'm not suggesting you actually use one, but the good and again phrase or whatever you come up with, it could be a button you press, it could be a bell you ring that's correct. When you're doing this kind of repetition practice that we all have to do with our students in some variation or another, when you're doing that, and they need feedback from you because they can't quite ascertain themselves whether it's right or wrong, we may need this kind of signal. So I want you to think of a neutral feedback signal you could give. Use good and again, I've been using that. Or come up with a bell or have a fun tradition, that's fine. But it has to be something that is free of judgment and it is not praise. Too often I think we use praise when actually what was needed was feedback. And I want us to think about the difference between the two. That's what I've been trying to do recently in my own teaching. So, affirm first. Don't just say one more time. Tell them whether it was right or wrong before you ask for it again. And think about our careful use of praise. This is something I've been thinking about a lot Um Ever since I read Punished by Rewards, or actually I listened to it, I listened on Audible, Audible, but it's a book by Alfie Kahn, and he argues for a lack of rewards in education and in parenting and in all sorts of areas, and he includes praise in that. We often think that, you know, when we think about detrimental rewards, we're thinking about, oh, well, we shouldn't give people candy and chocolate to reward them for something. But actually, he argues that praise can be doing the same thing. And while I do think that it's important to include some external motivators in piano in our lessons, we need to think about when we're doing it and when we shouldn't be, right? We need to be doing it consciously rather than just as the default. So read that book if you're interested. It might take it a bit too far for you in a way it did for me, but it definitely helped me find a new balance. It was called Punished by Rewards, and of course I'll leave a link in the show notes. But that's where I want us to think this week. And your thinking topic for the week is when should we use feedback, neutral tone, neutral sound, just to affirm or deny whether something was correct, and when should we actually use praise with our students? Before I let you go, just a few reminders. So our 100th episode is coming up soon. So this is episode 95. Got a few more to go until our 100th episode. So we are going to have to close for entries to our stories that are going to be shared on the 100th episode shortly so that we can prepare the episode. So if you could please share them as soon as you get a moment, I would love it. I would love to hear about your lessons learned over the last year. You can share them by going to colourfulkeys.ie slash 100 or just emailing me, reply to any of the emails from Colourful Keys or Vibrant Music Teaching, and you'll get through to us and just attach a voice memo with your story of a lesson you learned over the past year. Could be something you learned from the podcast, could be something you learned elsewhere, but anything that has affected your teaching or your business or your work-life balance that you've learned in the last year. Let us know about those as soon as you get a chance. And we also have a webinar coming up very shortly. 
which I'll tell you more about next week. I'll give you the details for how to sign up for that. In the meantime, I hope you have a fabulous week and that this podcast made you think a little bit differently about praise and feedback. And I'd love to hear your comments over on Facebook. See you there. There's still time to book your ticket to the Music Teacher Turbo Boost. This is going to be a two-day seminar with creative and innovative teachers in Dublin in Ireland on August 27th and 28th. So if you can make it over here at the end of August, we would love to see you there. Go to teacherturboboost.com to book your ticket today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.